Welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We are on episode five of season two, the very best one yet. Support from this podcast comes from Fluent. Fluent fits into your daily grind. No more finding time to study. You browse the web, you learn a new language. It's that simple. Learn more at usefluent.co. If you're a new Daily Grinder listening to our pod or have been grinding with us since season one, feel free to check out our journey so far and share your feedback with us. Get us on the map, help us grow, share this episode with a friend, and tag them on social. And give us a rating and quick review on Apple. Virtual high five to you in advance. Since the season started, I just provide a fun fact to kick off our show. So fast, fast with hashtag Kelly Fast here. So just before we go live with our special guests, here's our fact about college sports. So about 490,000 student athletes participate in athletic games each year. So uh, that's a ton of uh, college athletes playing sports. Um, you name it, from tennis to basketball, football, lacrosse, soccer, whatever in between. Um, and in 2018, four of those 490 students um, that participate in sports, uh, about one of every 50 actually uh, go on to compete professionally. So there's your fast fact of the day. So speaking of sports, let me introduce you to Hannah Lichtenstein. So Hannah is a former college athlete turned sports journalist and host of the Run Along podcast, talking about sports and stories of Olympians, high school ballers, super fan parents, and athletes who dealt with injury, congenital defects, and everything in between. So she currently is pursuing uh, grad school at Northwestern University. So welcome, Hannah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the pod uh, and share your story with our Daily Grind listeners out there. So I guess maybe first and foremost, right away, can you tell our listeners, if they haven't came across you already, who you are, where you're from, and what you do? So born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, pretty much in sports for as long as I can remember. I uh, The blessing and the curse of being an only child. My parents kind of read all the books, threw me into everything, ballet, piano, and it was soccer that stuck. Uh, really just became obsessed with it. I know I try to refrain from using that word, but became obsessed with it. It was my passion. Um, and yeah, it took me to you know the most formative experiences of my life. It brought me community it brought me you know to i ended up you know playing soccer in college so it brought me to the the educational experiences that i was so uh, grateful to have and yeah i think for anybody that starts doing anything when they're four or five years old it became an incredibly important part of my identity sometimes in uh, problematic ways and um, brought me you know the connections that i'll cherish forever and then um yeah, actually, after my D3 college uh, soccer experience, I decided, hey, you know, my body's only going to last in you know this way for so long. Might as well use it while I have it. So I decided to embark on an overseas playing adventure and played um, uh, abroad in Sweden for about a year. 
Um, I, you know, I was in the, the post-grad, um, I guess, black hole of sending cover letters and resumes out and no one was responding to me. And so I was like, it's time to go have an adventure. Um, and yeah, my, my time in Sweden was amazing for so many, you know, athletic and personal, personal reasons. Um, and it was also in that downtime, you know, I was, I was an athlete, but I was no longer a student athlete. I had some free time to kind of really sit with, okay, what, a, what do I want to do? What am I interested in? What's next? And, you know, I've always loved history, storytelling, research, writing. I was a history major in undergrad, always loved sports, of course. And it really kind of those two things came together, started freelancing for some websites, um, and then ultimately started my podcast, which is really about the transition to life after being a competitive athlete, which came from a very personal place, of course, as I was um, experiencing transition and kind of leaving behind something I loved and sacrificed for and trying to figure out what was next. Um, so yeah, my podcast, uh, it's, it's been great. It's brought me, you know, so many things, which I'm sure, you know, you can also attest to. Um, and here we are now pursuing a sports media, you know, sort of career path. I just knew that sports needed to stay in my life in some capacity. And I think that this is, this is the way it's going to stick. So combining it with my interests in, in writing and just, you know, connecting humans, telling stories. Really great. Really well said there, Hannah. Super motivational and inspirational in regards to that sports realm. Uh, we talk a lot of sports on the Daily Grind. Um, yeah, we, we both love sports, as you can tell on our podcast. So we'll, we'll talk more uh, throughout this interview. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of sports, you started at a younger age. Did you, did you play a variety of sports, both like individual and team sports? And then what led you to from, you know, playing um, uh, at a younger age to playing in college and then also playing uh, in Sweden? And then finally, I guess, retiring if you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, my parents put me in tennis. I, I did love basketball too. It's kind of a weird situation in California. Um, so our like soccer season for like high school and middle school is actually in the winter because we don't really have seasons out here. <laughs> so uh, basketball is also in the winter. So I think if it not had been for that overlap, I, I maybe would have also pursued basketball. But no, I was pretty tunnel vision on soccer, which Again, I think um, there was a dark, a dark underbelly to that fact of being, you know, so all consumed by one sport, maybe from a physical standpoint, you know, thinking about what the body can handle. And then also definitely from a mental one. Um, so, yeah, I was on the, you know, did club teams, you know, my parents kind of <laughs> my poor parents carpooling me to, you know, the three different practices that I would be going to throughout the week, you know, their weekends were soccer tournaments, essentially. And it was kind of how we uh, shaped our lives. Um, and yeah, again, it was just it was beyond just playing. I mean, I was like that little girl that, you know, if my dad was in a bar, he would like sneak me under the table to watch sports, uh, because maybe I wasn't allowed to be there if I was underage, sort of thing. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, in high school, um, was when I really started to see, you know, I've actually always kind of had the perfectionist athlete mentality, a lot of meltdowns, a lot of, you know, when you're a forward, um, you're kind of tasked with either scoring the goals or creating the goals. 
And so I definitely took, you know, I, I put a lot of weight on my shoulders um, in knowing that that was my job. And, you know, middle school, high school, um, I was definitely super hard on myself, but really driven. And I, but I, at the same time, I always balanced academics with it all. You know, I was never gonna, I wanted to play soccer in college. Clearly it was something that wasn't gonna just burn out in me. Um, but I was never going to sacrifice my education for that. And I also kind of craved a smaller community where I could, uh, you know, pretty much know most of the faces that I saw on campus and have smaller classes. And that really led me to looking to a lot of, um, small liberal arts colleges on the East coast. And yeah, I ended up choosing one right outside of, of, uh, Philadelphia. Again, great experience. I, I tout D3 to, you know, anybody I speak to, I know it can get a bad rap and I know there's like this whole D1 or bus mentality, but, uh, maybe for a different podcast, I love D3. It's incredible. Um, and yeah, really was just a life changing four and a half years. I actually redshirted, So I stayed an extra semester. Sorry. I'll <laughs> actually redshirted, So, um, I stayed an extra semester, you know, all the highs and lows, an ACL injury, winning championships, qualifying for our first NCAA tournament. It was really like a pretty magical, um, like little bit that I happened to be at that school. Um, learned a lot about, uh, myself, um, during that time as most people do in college, but I think I, there was something special about being on that small campus. And of course, in a, in a team setting. And, um, I always kind of say that my love, for the sport um, and my desire to, yeah, what I wanted to give to it was a little bit disproportionate for what D3 asked, <laughs> you know? And so I always kind of felt a little bit, uh, I don't want to use the word crazy, but, you know, um, just different in that sense where, again, I would never let my, like, let soccer get in the way of school, but it was something I really, really cared about. And I think that's what ultimately led me to um, wanting to keep it going. And, I think just kind of being that, having that wanting to prove, you know, just because you're D3 doesn't mean you can't keep playing in some fashion after college. And it really was a kind of, uh, there was no method to the madness of how I ended up playing overseas. I really sent out about 90 emails to teams from seven different countries. It was, oh my God. <laughs> I really sent about 90 emails to uh, seven different countries kind of pleading my case and landed in Sweden through random connections. And there it was. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my long winded answer that you probably didn't need all the details oh. of, but tried to, uh, Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, being a D3 athlete, I think that's super, give you so much kudos in regards to, you know, balancing both academics as well as, you know, being part of the team. And you mentioned like as a forward, like having a lot of weight on your shoulders, it de definitely takes a lot of hard work and effort and sweat and whatever you want to add into that whole formula to, to make things happen. But yeah, we've actually had in the past, we've had a D3 uh, football athlete on our show before. So um, it's cool to hear your perspective uh, in the sport of soccer. Uh, 90 emails in seven different countries. That's, that's <laughs> I know, I guess I was desperate. Um, but sometimes you got to have a little desperation to make to make your dreams happen. So yeah. <laughs> there it goes. For sure. Did you did you travel abroad before you went abroad or like? Uh... Well, I never. Um, one, one thing that's great about D3 is they do encourage that, you know, that's really a, a holistic 
student athlete like person that they're trying to develop. And so, um, yeah, you're very much able to go abroad. Um, but no, didn't take advantage of that opportunity. So that was definitely something that I'm glad that I was able to experience in some kind of non-traditional form on the back end after I graduated. Yeah, you definitely create your own path and uh, it's, it's really cool. And then you're able to share your story now uh, on your podcast and a lot of different people share, share your story with our Daily Grind listeners out there too. Do you have advice for our younger listeners um, out there making similar decisions like in their <laughs> own respective sport? Yeah, I think something that comes up is this uh, t- tough balance that there is to strike between if you are driven, if you're, um, yeah, if you're committed, you, you want to, again, give it all. And that is required. Sacrifices are required, you know, um, and kind of, again, being all in, but it's hard to find the balance between being all in as an athlete to achieve athletic success finding that balance with, you know, building other parts of your identity and recognizing that you're not just an athlete. And I know that again, the, the youth sports culture and the, you know, increasingly like professionalization of, of, of athletes younger and younger, younger, it makes it so there's really no time. It feels like, um, to develop other parts of, of these young folks, but I really think it's so important. So any, any time you can, really strive to just get some perspective, kind of take that step back. I'm not telling you to like go miss a practice or, um, you know, to step away from a team necessarily, but really just doing that check-in and recognizing there's a way to, to honor your future self and prepare your future self because, you know, this experience will also come to an end. And how do you make sure that that ending is not running a hundred miles per hour into a brick wall, you know? Did you, uh, another question I have too, with like the, you mentioned transition, do you have advice for our listeners like in that transition period from going, uh, you know, uh, traveling, you know, so graduating college and then traveling to Sweden, like that transition or even that transition after you returned from Sweden? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean, um, I kind of see my retirement as almost like a gradual, like stepping down. Um, I tell a lot of people, you know, I went and played in Europe and it's like, whoa, like, you know, that's, that's intense. Um, and yeah, there were parts about it that was intense, but in a, in a way it was like a de-intensifying from my student athlete experience, which was, you know, I, I carried that student athlete label wherever I went, I was structuring, um, my whole like four years around it. And again, all my friends and, um, so it, it was more almost all consuming in a collegiate athlete setting. And then in Sweden, of course, yes, I was there for soccer, but I had, like I said, so much free time. Um, and so it kind of was like, I still had this one foot in to soccer, but there was a lot more ability for me to, again, reflect, kind of <laughs> see what other things I might want to dive into next. So, and I know that not everybody can have that experience of like a, a de-intensifying yeah, so I think the more you can kind of think about the future in your current endeavors and not necessarily not be mindful, not necessarily get distracted by that future, but, you know, a couple minutes, you know, every week where you can kind of fit it into, okay, what's this looking like for me? Um, you know, oh, I, I just got injured. Now I might have more 
free time. Um, you know, I want to be doing my rehab, but now that I'm injured, I might be able to be thinking about some other things, but that sort of stuff, if it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was really a uh, good answer, uh, in regards to, you know, preparing for that transition. And, uh, I think that's really important. And again, at like a younger age too, like you're going to give a whole lifetime to do a lot of and accomplish a lot of different things out there in the world. So yeah, speaking of other accomplishments or things non-sport or I guess not on the soccer field, but <laughs> off the field with that transition. So how did you become interested in podcasting? <laughs> um, podcast for me, I, I can get pretty uh, choked up when I talk about podcasts. I won't be crying on the interview, but they're really special to me, like really yeah, they've just gotten me through a lot. I think it's this really unique medium where, you know, if I was on the bus in Sweden going, traveling an hour to practice, I was listening to them. If I had trouble falling asleep, I mean, I, I guess something I really didn't touch on is like how traumatic the end of college sports experience was for me. It was bad. It was, um, and again, thinking about motivation for why I ended up starting my podcast, but there was definitely it was a perfect storm. You know, this was something that I had built so much around. I had one therapist describe it as the middle structure or the middle block in my Jenga structure of self. And so when soccer was going to be taken away, I really didn't kind of prepare in the ways that I've been advocating for, um, for that. But yeah, it was a uh, traumatic. I was a captain. I ended up getting injured, um, all sorts of things. And yeah, I was uh, diagnosed with depression around that time. And in those in those moments of not being able to fall asleep, um, I would listen to podcasts um, in those moments. And it's just it's so incredible what we have uh, at our fingertips with podcasts and just the fact that they're free. It's so cool. I mean, I remember my dad in a in a particularly dark time. He told me, I think it was a play off of a Sherlock Holmes quote, but when the black dog comes which is depression when the black dog comes study something or do something nice for someone and I think you know podcasts are kind of like millennial you know 21st century easy so easy way of studying something and you can do it when you're you can listen when you're cooking when you're doing laundry all of the things so can't say enough good things about podcasts um, was definitely into you know this American life radio lab I just was like a sponge soaking, soaking it all in. I love <laughs> all sorts of podcasts, finance, storytelling. Yeah. So for me to start my own podcast was like a natural thing. Almost. <laughs> Again, with uh, the passions that I kind of had around sports and around, you know, already loving writing and research myself um, and the pot me medium of podcasting myself kind of just jump right into it. I know it's a very popular, I mean, I, lots of people are getting into podcasting. It's uh, really amazing how like democratized it is. And really, if you have a, an iPhone or anything with a, with a microphone, you can uh, get started. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Podcasting again, really great answer. It seriously has taken off uh, over the years. And you mentioned too, it's a free resource to use. Um, you can kind of, I, I got into podcasting cause like 
was sick of listening to my music a lot. So I was like, I'm going to mix <laughs> it up and, you know, podcasting. I've heard great things. You can learn uh, different subjects or languages or, you know, hear about, or about uh, people that got murdered, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, good, have good laughs. Like it, just, it, the list goes on and on. So, yeah, I guess what was your aha moment in starting mm-hmm. your podcast, the Run Along podcast? Yeah, well, I joke that, or there was some meme I saw that was like, it's 2019, you can either go to therapy or start a podcast. So that definitely related to my story. And I guess that was the aha moment. It was like, okay, I feel so isolated in this thing, you know, mm-hmm. like I was losing, it was, it was grief. Mm-hmm. What I had was feeling was grief, but I think I had such a specific no- idea of what grief, what you're allowed to grieve about. Um, and it was weird to kind of conceptualize the loss of a sport as like a death, but the more I, you know, thought about it, the, you know, when you've been doing something since you're five, again, four or five years old, since you can walk, like Mm -hmm. other people have got to be, you know, having gone through the same things. Um, and I, again, I really wanted to include a range. It didn't have to be all like depressing, sad. I left sport behind some people that I've spoken to could not have been more excited to leave sport. You know, they were burnt out and they stayed in sport for, for different reasons. And again, there's lots of different ways that people end their careers. Um, so for me, it really came from that personal place of this isn't being talked about enough, or I feel like the ways that I've heard it being talked about are, are not, um, they, it could be deeper, deeper. It could be more thoughtful. It could be more inclusive. So I guess that was the aha moment for me. And, I'm definitely someone where once I get an idea, you know, I'm zero to a hundred on it, uh, which has, again, it's pros and cons, but it really kind of just motivated. I was so excited. I like couldn't sleep. I was like thinking about the website. I was thinking about all things and that feeling I had in getting ready to start the podcast and, you know, it ignited something in me that felt like was squashed maybe, you know, for a while, forever when I had said bye to my sport. So it was exciting. Yeah, I like it coming to a close on soccer and now into this blooming into this run along podcast. Uh, Yeah, you launched it last May, if I'm correct on that. So it's been around just over a year. So happy one year on the podcast. So yeah, for for our Daily Grind listeners that haven't tuned in already, um, I've tuned in. But can you tell tell our listeners out there about the run along podcast? Like, what do you talk about and things of that nature? Yeah. So I guess kind of like the flow of each episode is I, I do really kind of start from the beginning with the guest because um, I feel like it's important to get that buildup and that sense of what role sport played in their life. You know, how was it treated by their family? How intense was it for them? Uh, you know, what kind of coaches did they have? What were some pivotal pivotal moments in, in their athletic career? Um And really, we kind of like build in that way, kind of walking through their life. And then, yes, we get to the end. What was that end like? Do you remember your last game? Do you remember your last meet? Um, What, yeah, what were the feelings like? Were you ready to leave it behind? Was there, you know, feelings of nostalgia, anxiety? Um, Did you talk about it with anybody? What was hard? Um, Did you miss you know, there's a lot of things we don't even think about from you're not seeing your friends every day, maybe in the same capacity. Um, You're not getting that sort of 
mentorship check-ins from coaches who, you know, there's like this weird thing with coaches where it's not like they don't care about you anymore, but they got to start thinking about the next team. Um, there's a bunch of fitness and nutrition transitions that come with it. So yeah, we just kind of talk about the, the highs and the lows. Some people, you know, you have a lot of free time again, that you didn't have on your, on your hands before. So maybe there's a positive there. Um, and then depending on how old they are, you know, sometimes I'm talking to people that just finished their career a few months ago. Sometimes they're older. We talk about that journey of finding their what's next, their next chapter, their next thing that kind of like with me, what that excites them in the same way and that fulfills them. And what do they think sport like helped them with in that next part of their life, those sort of like transferable skills. And yeah, it's really, again, kind of been so inclusive, um, you know, trying to more recently, you know, like talking about the black athlete identity in the wake of a lot of Black Lives Matter um, content um, on the internet and yeah, pride month. We really try to just like think about the athlete experience and athlete identity in all sorts of ways. I mean, we did like a whole concussion episode, uh, cause there was like a concussion aware month, awareness month sort of thing last year. So yeah, short answer. It's just, it's been arranged and, uh, but yeah, just to give you a sense of what the show is like. Yeah. That's what I really enjoyed about the Renalog podcast. Uh, speaking for myself, cause I've tuned into a few episodes already. I, I like the wide variety of guests that you have on the show. So not tailored, you're not just in one specific sports, but you're all over the place. And then also too, on the age levels and, and where they're at, if they're uh, in college, if they played the Olympics, uh, th- things of that nature. So I think it's really cool that you have a lot of different personalities on the show and you can hear m- more about them and uh, have your listeners, you know, learn, learn from their, their, uh, their own uh, true stories so yeah, speaking of your your interviews, do you have any favorite ones that you've had so far, or like behind the scenes, like bloopers or anything uh, funny that has happened that that hasn't been hasn't been you know uh, uh, published on the episode, but uh, you have it in your. <laughs> yeah, well, here's a sad blooper um, and uh, like a moment of failure. That again, you know, when on our social media or on our channels, we're not necessarily talking about those setback moments, but uh, so. I don't know if you know who Christine Lilly is. She's a very famous, like, 99er, one of the U.S. Women's National Team players that won the 1999 World Cup. I mean, again, as a lifelong soccer player, she's she's a hero, for sure. <laughs> um, was able to get an interview with her, uh, like, so excited from um, a journalist standpoint, from, like, a again, a lifelong soccer player standpoint, and it did not record so <laughs> it was heartbreaking. I went back to go listen to it, uh, was freaking out. So um, that's a sad blooper. Yeah, I think, you know. <sighs> I, 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 I remember like one of your earlier episodes. This one hit home for me too, because uh, based out of Chicago. Um, when you- oh no, was it when I mispronounced Duluth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That was my very first episode. Right when you started talking, I knew you were going to bring up that episode. Yeah, that's fine. That, that, that did happen. Regardless of the, regardless <laughs> of the pronunciation, I did an okay job on Hannah's last name today, but I've, I butchered people's names in the past, but the Cinderella after midnight, it was one of Hannah's first episodes, but she actually interview uh, Carson Shanks. He was a member of that, you know, Loyola Chicago yeah. team that 
captivated everybody. Yeah, the one that went to the fi- the one that went to the final four was killing it at March Madness a few years back, which, which is cool. So that's just one example of uh, the many uh, guests that uh, Hannah has on her sh- her show. So uh, yeah, run along podcast. <laughs> Be sure to check that one out. So going forward with you know interviewing a wide variety of athletes on your podcast. Uh, do you see similarities in, uh, from, you know, from the high school to professional to, to post post uh, college or whatever? Do you, like, yeah. for example, in the mindset of their goals? I think a similarity to get kind of profound here. I mean, again, a lot of this show re- revolves around endings and transitions and something that's really come up is it doesn't matter a whole lot how your career ends in terms of, you know, finding your peace that peace really needs to come from within you know because I think I know for me as an athlete I had a sense of like the perfect ending to a career but even when you win that gold medal there are those athletes that are like well can I (laughs) can I keep going you know can I shoot for the next one I mean and then of course our our sense of we don't want to lose that state championship as our last game but yeah, I, that stuff matters for a little bit, but closure really comes from, you know, your own sort of processing and reflecting and finding meaning. And that's something that I've really kind of noticed in all my guests, uh, even though, like you mentioned, it has, it has been such a wide range. I mean, a, another thing that's come up is the importance of coaches, that coach that said something that traumatized them that really set them off in a certain way in their career or that coach that was really a mentor um, and inspired them and, you know, maybe really kind of gassed them up to that, that next level. And for all of the guests that I've spoken to, when they reflect on, on things that they miss, I mean, of course they, the, the, the fire uh, that comes with competing and that sort of glory, I guess, but always, always the things that people talk about what they miss is that is the camaraderie and the friendships developed through sport and i think for me in thinking about not necessarily how to replicate or like maybe what it is that i want in my in my next uh, community my next chapter that is something i should be looking for because oh yeah hey i'm thinking that is that was such an important part of it for me like yes it was the scoring goals but i don't necessarily i think i gave as much weight as i should have to to the other parts of sport and that really comes up for for so many guests mm-hmm. yeah really well said there lots lots of great key takeaways on just you know the mindset on goals that uh, a lot of athletes across sports have that are very similar yeah do you still t- stay in touch with any um anyone from your college team or even from the sweden team too uh, yeah yeah, um, you'll always have a special bond when when you go through things <laughs> with uh, hard things and good things with people. And I feel like, yeah, the team is very much an example of that. Um, the trials of, you know, doing suicides and getting yelled at by your coach and not wanting to get up for 6 a.m. practices. And then again, yeah, lifting a trophy. So um, I'll always cherish my my college teammates and do keep in touch with some of them I I think something that needs to be said and that I also struggled with is you know those younger those younger friends that are still on the team it can be weird when you're going through this transition when you do need a bit of that separation but you have close friends on that team how do you set boundaries for yourself and I wish I had a formula (laughs) or an answer but 
um, yeah, I think it becomes a easier to connect again and get on a, on a level with friends again, once they're also out of the team. Yeah. And of course with Sweden, it's, it's been so great. I mean, I think, you know, having just different experiences, people from different walks of life. And so I do try to keep in touch with them despite the, the nine hour time difference and the weird way that Swedes are, they're very shy, very funny though. Um, yes, definitely. That's great to hear. Yeah, the time zone differences. It's always fun to have someone you're talking to abroad on the podcast. Just like, oh, it's <laughs> exactly. Your yeah, but that, that's so great. I think yeah, you mentioned it too. Just having that that really positive team dynamics and be able to share that and kind of uh, grow that as as the time goes on when you're involved in sports or whatever activity that you're participating in. I think that's really important. Um, again, it makes you enjoy what you do and something that you're passionate about. And then you can always be involved in sports still be a sports enthusiast you you are yeah. you still are physically active and you can participate in leagues or tournaments or you know just go out to have fun listen to podcasts about sports so the list can go on and on in regards to you know just uh fulfilling that need or just again going back to your the meme that helped you start your whole podcast mm-hmm. like you see something that's a reminder to help motivate you to you know create a goal uh, that you want to get as long as uh as long as your love for sport doesn't manifest in you trying to live through your child who plays sports, then it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally agree. <laughs> a few people out there, but I won't name shame anyone. But uh, yeah, totally agree. yeah, just be yourself. Do stuff that you want that you enjoy, and uh, yeah, go sports. So, did you, Hannah? Did you see yourself five years ago doing like what you do today, like starting this podcast and everything like that? No, I mean, I think the uh, the recognition, the eureka moment of these two silos that were so important, sports and writing and, you know, journalism, that didn't come together for me until kind of late. So five years ago, Hannah was thinking maybe like a history PhD. Um, I definitely, I know. Uh, so kind of like the extreme of one of those interests. Um, and then again, there was a, there was that kind of nagging wrecking, like thing about me that knew that sports needed to stay. And so of course there's a lot of different avenues for that. I, I definitely entertain the possibility of coaching. Um, so that was something that I was looking at and I still think there are tons of things about that profession that, that I would love. Hannah of five years ago also probably opened an LSAT book to maybe be a lawyer and then quickly close that LSAT book. <laughs> so the answer in short is no. <laughs> yeah, that, but for a good thing though, right? I'd say you don't regret anything like us from the past or uh, the things that you've done so far that I've accomplished uh, with your podcast in sports and journalism. Definitely. And all the experiences I had you know, maybe a little internships or stints coaching or whatever, like it maybe it gave me more information. And that's all that you can really ask for when you're young. And just as long as you're still moving, you're, you're still figuring things out and you might not hit that passion, but right away, but you'll figure out things that you don't want to do. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you mentioned it earlier too, in, in our interview, just like uh, from that transitioning and being able to identify what you enjoy and what what you think you might want to do down the road and things of that nature it helps you focus on uh the path that you want to take in the future i think that's really important we're really goal driven on this podcast so i think your motivational words out there are really helping our listeners you know define who they are and what they want to get out of life and what they want to 
do down the road. So yeah, Hannah, we talked about your daily schedule. What's on your daily grind in the upcoming months uh, later this year? Yeah. I mean, this last year for me has been kind of a weird one. I mean, came back from Sweden in October and then my plan was actually to do another go around abroad and then, okay, officially call it and pivot to a more real world adult life. But then uh, the pandemic hit and it was during those quarantine lockdown times. Again, I was, uh, had a greater sense of, of what I maybe wanted to do, or at least what I like to do. And, you know, my starting to get some back injuries, my body's hurting a little bit more. <laughs> um, and so that's when uh, grad school kind of came into, into my periphery. And I, yeah, the daily grind in the next coming weeks will be driving to Chicago with my dad he we'll see how this father daughter road trip goes it certainly will be an adventure and then um yeah classes start mid-september and we will certainly be a memorable cohort being the in the pandemic so what will that look like covering sports in a pandemic will we have to like report on replays of games i don't know there's still there's still a lot to be figured out um very obsessed with Peloton right now. I downloaded the Peloton app. I'm on my free Peloton month. I highly recommend it for all folks out there. It's definitely like, again, I think a lot of athletes as they try to figure out what workout kind of fills that need. Um, maybe it's, you know, rec league sports, which aren't super feasible right now with the pandemic, or at least I don't consider them morally feasible <laughs> for me. Um, but Peloton has been great. It really gives the sense of, you know, working out with others and pushing yourself. And so Peloton's in the schedule every day, just, uh, I'm at my parents' house trying to enjoy my time with them and the dogs and yeah, we'll be moving to a new city and all that comes with that again in a pandemic. So kind of weird, but certainly looking forward to experiencing all that Chicago has to offer living with a new roommate and being like a part of a community again. I mean, in the way that I was in Sweden, I had a team and I really haven't been tethered to anything like that for nine, 10, 11 months. Um, you know, my work has mostly consisted of babysitting, freelancing, <laughs> stuff like that. So to be like connected to, um, a group of similar aged peers or like like-minded peers and like doing things, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that really exciting stuff down the road for you Hannah uh yeah good luck with the road trip I think by the time this pod this episode airs you should be safely to Chicago (laughs) yes we're we're excited for you out there lots of stuff on the radar yeah keep 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 up the grind so uh, also too Hannah do you have a word of the day to move our listeners out there or like a, a phrase or a quote too honestly I'm gonna pass it to someone else with this phrase so I'm I'm just gonna say Brene Brown Brene Brown. Okay. That's who everyone needs. That's my phrase, two words. I know it's a proper noun, so maybe it's not exactly what you were looking for, but she's so wise and I love her stuff. So I highly recommend it to everybody else. Yes. We like it. Very fitting with this episode. Also, uh, last but not least, if our listeners want to have questions, comments, they want to follow you. Um, they want to, you know, uh, tune into the run along podcast. How can they do so after, after this episode? Yeah, so definitely on all the major uh, podcast platforms, so Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your preferred means is, on Twitter and Instagram, at Run Along Podcast. And then there's a little uh, 
share my story button at runalongpodcast.com if anybody listening wants to talk about their transition to life after being an athlete. <laughs> awesome. Yes, we will put all Hannah's uh, contact info in today's show notes as always. So where to find the Run Along Podcast as well as possibly sharing your story on there. So that's super, super awesome. Thank you for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Hannah for being on the podcast. Hey, Daily Grinders, we have an Instagram contest with Fluent for the month of September. Head over to at KJF Daily Grind to enter and win a Fluent prize pack and Visa gift card. Ways to find the Daily Grind. Follow us on Instagram at KJF Daily Grind and on Facebook as well. Check our website at www.kjfwi.org. Feel free to follow your host, Kelly Fast, here on Instagram at Kelly J Lefty or on Twitter at Kelly J Lefty as well. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. Thank you. (laughs) 